0: Are you some dark winged messenger from beyond? Answer me, monster. Tell me truly. Shall I ever hold again that radiant maiden whom the angels call Lenore? How the hell should I know? What am I, a fortune teller?
2: Hey, sinners. I'm Shannon. I'm Sean. And this is Sinful Cuts. (laughs) Hope everyone's having a great week. Sean and I are. Thoroughly enjoying a rainy Saturday afternoon. It's got a lot cooler. It's officially fall. Yeah. And we have our pumpkin yeah, that's right. beers delicious. ready to go. Oh. Excuse me. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it really is.
1: Oh, it's delicious. So no, we are... Wait, hold we... on. Let's even give a shout out. Guys, we're oh, doing, yeah. um, we're doing uh, Captain Lawrence Autumn Blaze, and it is dope.
2: It's really good. I've never had it before, and we we took a dive, and I'm really glad we did. And it's, what did we say? We just noticed it was a New York beer, too, right? Elmsford, Elmsford, New York. Elmsford, New York. Good on you, Elmsford. Yeah, Captain Lawrence Autumn (laughs) Blaze.
1: One of the sinners is immediately going to be like, Elmsford is the murder capital of New York. I'm like, "Oh, all right, we'll have a good
2: beer. All right, so, well, it's delicious. On. The beer is delicious, so have at it.
1: Elmsford, you're probably not the murder capital of New
2: York. <laughs> we don't know. We're making that up. I think you're
1: from a very, very nice town.
2: Sorry. Just don't know much about you. I'm sorry. All right. so what uh what other exciting things we have this week we have so, <laughs> so if you ever heard of a thing at a bar maybe on a tuesday called uh, a trivia night uh there might be one coming up um uh that sean and i may or not may not be hosting um uh, because guess what If you haven't looked ahead at, uh, you know, October 31st, like we have, it's on a Tuesday night.
1: Sure is.
2: (laughs) So we are going to host a horror movie themed trivia night uh, at the Red Zone Bar and Grill. Uh, If you're in the Long Island area, that's located in West Babylon. Uh, Again, Red Zone Bar and Grill. We're going to have a host uh, by, uh, I'm sorry, a DJ, DJ John Paul um costumes obviously are going to be encouraged um and then it's going to start at 8 uh, p.m if you want to stop down and play trivia it's absolutely free to play so you don't have to pay anything to enter you can just come in and have a great time um there's a lot of good drinks there's a lot of good food too i think best wings
1: on long island
2: yeah he won best wings of long island so if you're a wing guy or a gal please please check those out well shannon let me
1: i think i should clarify though all right, sinners. So, do you like crispy, delicious wings? Because I know I do. But if sinner, if you're one of those people that likes a wing that like the skin is still a little gooey, um, and po- perhaps not even cooked, these wings aren't for you. Yeah. So yeah, if so that's they're... your if that's your wing fetish, these aren't for you because these are the most crispy, delicious wings I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and the only thing better than the food are the people that work there.
2: Yeah, they're great. They're really attentive. They're they're great people. And especially uh, the the owner, whose name is John. Hi, John. How are you? Hey,
1: John. I was (laughs) going to kiss your face, but you're easily a foot bigger than me, so I didn't. (laughs) So how about that?
2: (laughs) No, he's a childhood friend of mine, actually, and he's a great guy and uh, has a great place. So check it out. place is
1: fantastic. It's nothing but phone. The second you walk in the door, we're going to be doing Trivia Night. Is it the best trivia night that's ever going to happen in the history of trivia? Probably. Probably. I mean, most likely.
2: (laughs) Maybe. I don't
1: know. I don't know. What do we know?
2: We're just sitting here drinking pumpkin beer.
1: I feel confident saying if you don't make this trivia night, don't ever go to any other one ever because you'll have missed the best trivia night. (laughs) There'll be questions like I don't know.
2: No, actually, one thing I do know that we're we're gonna try to do is uh the DJ who's on board uh again DJ John Paul
1: not the Pope not the former Pope not the former so Pope <laughs> just to put
2: that out there. yes he um I know he's definitely gonna uh, play some uh like music and we're you you have to figure out what movie is this from so we're also gonna do fun things like that as opposed to just questions yeah yeah so oh no
1: absolutely it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a good time interactive it's gonna be fun I'll clarify it'll be questions like. <laughs> What movie is Michael Myers from? And not questions like, who was the third assistant director <laughs> on uh, Exorcist 3? Yeah, so, please don't
2: ask those. Yeah. Because I have no idea.
1: It's going to be general, and it's going to be fun. So even if you're not the biggest horror enthusiast, don't feel intimidated. No. Come down for the fun.
2: And there'll be prizes. Yeah. It's free to play, and Look,
1: you win prizes. Come down for the drinks, the food,
2: and, and the company. possibly...
1: It's Halloween and magical things happen. Possibly get your face kissed. <laughs> not by any of us, but you, who knows who you're going to meet?
2: This you never know. Fantastic. It's a magical night.
1: So we're we're really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. All right, Shannon. I got some. Oh, wait, first off, can I get a drum roll? All right. Is it is it <laughs> like it's... I'm sitting here with Keith Moon? It's not. <laughs> no. But it worked. It worked. <laughs> We have the name of our mailbag. Ah. Yep. And well, first off, let me just do a shout-out. Mike Noly, we're not naming it Mailbag. He wanted to (laughs) name it M-A-L-E-B-A-G. Mike's a creep. Uh,
2: Ah, got it. I see.
1: (laughs) Mike's a straight-up creep. Uh, But Mike is also, uh, he is responsible for one of our blood letters this week. Blood letters is what we're going with for the name of the mailbag, everybody. I love it. Mike's blood letter is... Could you clarify, he listened to the episode, uh, oh, sorry, we we had a conversation and he wanted to know the difference between the deviation between Night of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Are these in the same world?
2: Are they in the same universe? Yeah. Hmm. I, oh, that's a really good question. Cause it's, you can argue that it is, right? Because Return of the Living Dead, it's like a, like a biochemical, uh, Barrel, yeah, right, that got lost, yep. and th- they never explain. I don't think in night, well, in night of the living dead, they think it they assume like it could be something like aliens, right? But who's to say the government didn't f- discover something that we never found out about as an audience, and um.
1: Like governments do, like
2: they do, <laughs> in horror, and, movies. And, and horror movies at least. Anyway, <laughs> they're pretty much all in real life, terrifying okay. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying in horror movies. But uh, but who's to say you know that they that they contained it, you know, had it on it, you know, whatever. Were testing on it, and then went to transport it, and then it was during the transportation that it got lost and ended up where it ended up in that warehouse in Return of the Living Dead.
1: And Return so of the Living Dead, they, arguably... they do reference the movie. They but do. Then they go one step further, and they're like, and, and um, uh, I think it's James Cameron who's like, no, the, the, this movie is actually based off of a real event, and then that's how we get in the basement, and that's how we yeah. get in front of the canisters.
2: Yes, yes, they so, do. But they do mention the movie as well. So in another argument, it's you're going to go with no. It just happens to be happening. Yeah that and because remember like remember i think we even mentioned it too in the episode where they go oh what did they do in night of living dead they you know like they shot them in the head or something like that and no no, nothing works.
1: my favorite part about return of living dead is that nothing it's yeah
2: the expectation was like oh yeah they're just gonna fucking shoot him in the head and it'll be fine and it wasn't fucking fine <laughs> yeah when you
1: think about it it's just such a nihilistic movie
2: it and really I just, was
1: I love, I just it's It was just that.
2: so punk rock right that's what it is Do you party? so you know it's so it's so i what was my answer i guess it was yes and no <laughs> you're more of a
1: definitive yes okay i feel like you're saying a yes and i'm gonna agree with you and i'm gonna say yes as well because the fact that um, they do bring up the movie in *Return of the Living Dead*, but then they also go so far as to say, "But no, that movie was actually based on this incident." And though we have one of those barrels in the basement, the worlds are inter- interconnected. Now, Mike, as always, when I'm explaining something to you, I go on way too long. You were like, <laughs> "Does he gonna... stop
2: listening and hears boo?"
1: Yeah, he's gonna be like, <laughs> "I was, I was good the first ten seconds." <laughs>
2: I just re- wanted a yes or no.
1: <laughs> the additional thirty-five minutes. Would oh, need I'm a-
2: sorry, Mike. We we like to express uh, our. No, we, we need to give our explanations. Oh, no, Shannon,
1: fuck Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he opened he opened this can of worms, and now he's gonna have to sit there and he's gonna have to listen to this shit, just like when we worked together. <laughs> uh, so so Mike, I know you didn't ask this, but then on uh, on on. A, A a real worm, real worm. Oh, geez, have more beer, Sherm. And I mispronounced my own name just there. I don't know if you caught that. I called myself Sherm. So. All right. All
2: right. From a real
1: world perspective, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, the real cool thing about why there's uh, Night of the Living Dead and then Return of the Living Dead, and you have like you know two. uh, deviations on that genre was because George Romero and John Russo, the um, screenwriters of Night of the Living Dead, they both had different opinions on where they wanted to take their intellectual property mm-hmm. that they created. And unlike so many instances where it got worked out in court and then neither one of them could do anything with it because now there was a, there, there was a legal case involved, so it kills what could have been a, a, a beautiful thing, they had like a handshake agreement. They probably sat down at a bar, sussed it out, and John's like, okay, cool. I'm going to keep the living dead, and you're going to keep the you know night of, dawn of, day of, mm-hmm. and, and just call it dead. we'll take the living out of your title and stick it on my stuff, and we can both play in our own sandboxes. And they both had successful careers based based mm-hmm. off of it.
2: Which is still extremely relevant today. Yeah. That's, know, that's, that, says, that says something alone.
1: People, sinners, go solve more shit at bars. Yes. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes.
1: So, so that was our first blood letter. And then our second blood letter. And this one I'm really curious about. Ooh, okay. okay. This one is coming from Sharon. Okay. And she is asking, has there been a horror movie that was so disturbing that you've never watched it again.
2: Ooh. Okay. Probably. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, wow. I'll buy you time. Yeah, I have to think are about both that.
1: cannibal ferox and cannibal holocaust.
2: I was just going to say cannibal holocaust is definitely up there. I've heard about it um like in detail. So by the time I finally found it and saw it um yeah, I, I didn't like what I saw, but I did expect it. Yeah. Um, I may have to go with. Mm, let me see. I
1: just don't like them. They're just so like there was actual animal. And you could death tell death in that movie, and that's a bummer. It, yeah, you know? and
2: you can tell too. It was yeah. yeah. It was It, it wasn't necessary. And it's also
1: I I have a problem with like movies that are mean and gratuitous for just the sake of, and it doesn't it doesn't do anything to drive the plot or it's really not even re- related to the story. Mm-hmm. It's just like someone's kind of getting off on their almost like their kink. Yeah, I, you know? I if,
2: if any a lot I'm assuming a lot of people um you know sinners maybe you could, compl- you know uh, agree to this. Uh, because I what just from what I've heard about it, I'll admit I have never sought this movie out. But a lot of people probably would give an answer to a, a Serbian film,
0: uh, uh, and,
2: uh, and I, but oh, I won't, yeah. I won't watch that. No, it's um, I I, I don't know. It, no. It's again, no. like it, it, it's almost the same experience as what I heard about the convo, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, and I watched it, and I, and I liked everything else about it though. I'll admit that. Like so the the. Whatever I, I accepted it for what it was. Uh, there actually is a lot of other exciting things to talk about besides that. Honestly, I didn't really care for what I heard about a Serbian film, um, so I haven't watched it. So I can't I can't give that as my definitive answer.
1: And and
2: honestly, what was the what was
1: the point and the purpose of that? I understand someone's got their artistic vision, but what was the point and purpose of that other than to provoke? and i guess like if that's what it's almost like avant-garde art like if that's if you're just trying to elicit a response i suppose okay the response is going to be throw up you know this is (laughs) so insanely disturbing so yeah no i agree with you on that one yeah I
2: i can't think of one that i've seen that i go i'm sure there's definitely movies where i'm like yeah i never have to watch that ever again Um, because for some reason, I mean, it's not a horror movie, but right now, if my upchuck reflex to that answer is the first 20 minutes of the first John Wick movie, (laughs) it was, it was not, and I'm like, I will never watch that ever again. I do not need to see it. We are, we both have dogs, same breeds by the way, which is interesting. (laughs) Excuse me. <laughs> so we but bo- yeah so we're both dog lovers we both uh, own a dog um that is you know just are basically another child to us and um you know if, if you're a dog lover or an animal lover you understand and if you've seen john wick it's 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 just awful what happens and uh, you know i mean but that's what intensifies the situation and makes john wick what he is for four movies afterwards.
1: Well, I mean, you can make um, the point that because of what happens in the first 20 minutes, mm-hmm. John Wick then goes and murders it, the world.
2: Because I would too. Yes. <laughs> I would. John Wick. I don't know if I kisses guess. On your kisses on your face. Kisses on your face, John Wick. That's, and you know what? An absolute kiss is on your face, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Shannon's stealing my, my bit. <laughs> or she totally.
1: This is the day, sinners. (laughs) She is now taking kisses on the face away from me. Well, no. Kisses for everybody. Wait till we possibly get to Kevin Dillon in the blob. (gasps) No, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Gasp. Do I get... I get slightly uncomfortable. Don't get uncomfortable at all. This probably says a lot about me. Giving kisses on the face to all the men we talk about in these movies. (laughs) But when there's a woman involved, like Shawnee Smith... I get a little uncomfortable saying kisses on the face. <laughs> That's, I'm, like, this, this also says a lot about me. I don't think I'm a creep when I want to kiss all the men on the face. <laughs> but when I want to give a woman a little peck on the cheek, I'm like, ooh, ooh, okay. I got to be careful here. All right.
2: I'm going to unpack so that so in this Maybe we blow them kisses. Maybe yeah. blow them kisses. It's less it's less creepy. We, we can deal with that.
1: <laughs> I was going creepy at all. Now you said it's yeah. less
2: creepy. But I may... But I may I may have to to think about uh back to the blood letter I may have to think about my answer okay because um, yeah I don't know give it a think for a uh, yeah I may have to we may I may have to reveal that in next week's episode
1: there have definitely been and and Sharon this was not your question but there have definitely been movies that I will not watch again because they're god awful
2: right. But I'm not, but not, but, but this crowns. was specifically, right, so shocking and disturbing. Like, that's... Yeah, no, that's, no, what, that
1: was her, that was her question. Like, okay. was there just something so gross?
2: Okay, so like, it, like, so not necessarily a movie you found good or bad.
1: No, just, well, just if, just it, if, if, if it
2: was bad, I, I don't know, if, if a movie was disturbing enough to make me feel disturbed, I actually, ironically, consider that a good movie. Me too. Right? If you, if you yeah. feel something...
1: And I think sinners out there right now are probably looking at their at their radio, and they're like, "Yeah, they could even be pointing. And yeah, they're, they could be and pointing. Like, yes, yes, yes. It, it, disturbing is okay. It, having that reaction is it's almost like if it brought what, something what up. In,
2: if it brought something up inside of you, I, I feel like it, it, it. I feel like it clears as a, as a good movie. Honestly,
1: admit like, somar did that for me.
2: I'll admit, but I'll watch them again. I'll watch them right now. Oh, well, yeah, I'll put it on. It's, yeah, it's not, it wasn't that disturbing that I won't. Um, The Wicker Man, you know, the original Wicker Man, uh, uh, speaking of, it's, uh, I thought I did find that disturbing, but I, it's not that, yeah, it's not that I won't watch it again. So that, I need to find, what, what was that level? I have a feeling it's a foreign movie that I kind of forgot about and probably because i said i don't have to watch this movie ever again yeah you're one so of i that. i have a feeling it's a foreign movie and i just i just have to i have to find it and i have to come up with the, the title okay. so i i'm sorry that was a 20 minute answer um <laughs> but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna sharon i'm gonna have to get back to you but thank you for your question that was great thanks so much guys really good question i'd love to hear your guys too centers. if you want to make a comment
1: so those are our blood letters for the week Uh, Looking forward to getting more from our centers. And now let's get into
2: Blobs. Woo! Kick it off! All right. So we'll go. So, I I mean, I I guess we can go a little back and forth with this one, right? Because uh, so the original Blob was, what, 1958? That was directed by Irvin S. Yearworth Jr., who um, just sought out to want to make something so wildly different.
0: Every one of you watching this screen, look out, because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Teenagers see it first, like a falling star from outer space. Boy, that was closed. Hey, come on. I want to see if I can find it. An old man finds it, touches it, and this is the shocking result. From then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. It's indestructible, it's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. This town is in danger. How can it be stopped? Mob hysteria sweeps one city, before long the nation, and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of the Bob. Starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting young people.
2: Um, so maybe, I mean, when you watch 1958's version, it, it could have been, because it's not a whole lot that I can find like documentary wise or talking about it wise, but I did, um, find out that he just wanted to make uh, like a creature feature, a monster film, uh, and something. And he basically just went in something that nobody has ever seen before. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of just was, um, you know, the, 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 the sci-fi films of the fifties was a big craze, um, so, you know, I think I definitely think he was going somewhat on that influence on that level. And he said, oh, something that would come from outer space, a meteor will crash and then it could just be a mindless glob. You know, I, I don't even think they had the blob originally uh, for during the time of making the film. I think he had like uh, I forgot the the titles. Shame on me. But uh, but I'm pretty sure he had the glob.
1: <laughs> they had the glob. They had the glob. It was like the glob that gestates the world. Yeah. Um. They had a lot of. It was I mean, just glob supposed... itself is a silly title, but it, but it, but it works.
2: Yeah, because it, it was just supposed to be just a mindless, um, you, you know, th- like absorbing agent. Yeah. That once it once you touched it, like that's that that's was it. it, and that that I mean that alone is terrifying. Yeah. For for
1: what he, for what he set out to do. He was successful. Yes, he created something that had not been in the horror, you know, lexicon, so to speak, at that time. Um, so, all right, kudos, you created a, a new original monster. That's fantastic, Sinners. I'm not gonna lie. Shannon and I, we we have been looking at each other for the past, you know, two days, saying, "What the hell are we gonna talk about with the Blob, 1958 version?" Because I'm just going to come out and say it, this movie, it's a snooze. It's, it's,
2: it's, so, it's very, very slow. It's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's all one night, which we agreed that it's like a 36 hour long night if you really do the math. Yeah, the time frame is weird. <laughs> it's but strange.
1: That's the least of the problems But it me.
2: focuses more, um, on the people, definitely on Steve McQueen a lot, um, which, which, I mean, that's fine, It's, but it was just on, on his uh, mischievousness as a teenager, you know, he's out on a date, then he, you know, as he's driving, he drives a little recklessly to the point where, you know, like these other drivers, these other teenage drivers take it as a challenge, and, you know, so it goes from them challenging each other to whatever race, you know, that was the craze in the 50s, I guess. Yeah. To, uh, oh my God, everyone's in trouble. Oh, we'll help you, Steve. You know, like it was, it's it weird. was a weird switch and there it's was, you boring. Know, and it was, unfortunately it's, you don't see the blob a, a whole lot and the parts Every, that you do. <laughs> damn near everyone
1: gets killed <laughs> off screen.
2: Mm. Except... Uh, and yes. And everyone dies off screen. Yeah.
1: Except the, do- the Steve sees the doctor um, getting gobbled up, blobbed in the doctor's office And then, like, the doctor's office is an absolute torn-up mess, and then the cops are still like, beat it, junior. (laughs) Uh, Am I looking at tons of evidence that there's foul play? Of course I am, but it's coming out of your dumb 35-year-old supposed to be 17. He, and I and and remember out. when
2: they're when they're determining like the the doctor's office is like all in disarray and like his neighbor just walks in with curlers in her hair oh, no. and she's like oh you don't understand he goes out every year oh I gotta clean this place up and they're like ma'am you're gonna be messing with evidence and I'm like what is the point like
1: no. can we, Shannon, can we let wrap st- this up? let me stop you right there because it is. <laughs> The only thing I enjoy in this movie.
2: Seriously. <laughs> Alright,
1: I'm, I'm gonna pause everything, sinners. Eleanor Hammer played Mrs. Porter. The <laughs> most annoying fuck that, this, that ever lived in this town. Every word that comes out of someone else's mouth, she's like, well, that's not true at all. Uh, the yeah, doctor's definitely. been away for eight weeks. And, she, and then Steve McQueen's she, she like... She just
2: walked into this building. Like, yeah.
1: who are you? He's like, hey, you old biddy. I just saw him get killed 10 minutes ago. And she's like, well, no, he sent a letter from Panama the last May saying that he wouldn't be here today. And they're all like, well, well, I guess we gotta listen to the old lady. And she starts wiping fingerprints up. And all the cops are like, we're literally gonna shoot you. Just, just please leave.
2: That every... it, it was just such a like a, a nonsense scene. I don't know. Uh, I mean,
1: look here. Here, here's why I think this movie, this movie, you know, became what it became. <laughs> the charisma of Steve McQueen. He he went on then to have a, a megastar career. He did. Yeah. So I think it like that kind of just like grabbed onto since this was his very first. Now he was in um he was in Wanted Dead or Alive on TV, but this was his very first movie star role, so I think it's just almost like, you know, his celebrity and his body of work and stardom kind of grabbed the blob by the collar and said, you're coming with.
2: Mm-hmm. So it worked out for him really well, which, yeah. is, which is great for him, Sinners- so, to the Oops. point where, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but to the point where, you know, we'll talk more about the 88 version, but his son Chad McQueen was asked to... can't believe he didn't do it. The Which, I, well, we'll get into that, but I, I, I mean, I... I think I understand why okay. he might be kicking himself a little bit now I'm not I'm not sure I haven't heard of that uh, anything about it after that it um, just would have
1: been so cool it
2: would have been cool yeah 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 Yeah.
1: Um, so all right so you sinners know, if you don't know you know the basic structure of the blob <laughs> meteorite crashes uh, the blob is let loose it's gobbles up the town the only thing that can kill it is uh, or stop it at least is the cold. So okay.
2: Before all go, right,
1: 1958, blah, well done. <laughs> okay. all
2: right, so I'll let me talk about my favorite scene in the 1958 version before we we hop on the 88 version because I we have a lot to say about the 88 version. 88 there's, is there's, one of my favorite. There's movies. a lot. So there's a lost, lot. I
1: look at 58 and I'm just like,
2: like what the what, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, But the so if you can make it to the end, or if you just want to put on 1958s and just skip to the end, so I just love see where they finally determine they, they 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 figure out that yeah it's the cold that um you know dis, you know disables it basically or you know puts it in a freeze mode or whatever you want to call it and they're just like oh we have a solution we're just going to drop it off in antarctica i love it
0: yeah.
2: and then the end scene just cuts to a snowy Snowy bank, you know, whatever, and you just see this thing, like, and it's a faraway shot too—a small little thing that's parachuting. They're, they're
1: like not not our party? problem anymore. I don't know. It could have hit Alaska if the wind picked up. Who knows? Yeah,
2: they, like they just they drop it off without a fucking care in the world. Not our problem anymore. We don't give a shit. Yeah,
1: the best is that they cut out the scene where they're like, hey, wait a minute, Colonel, does anyone live in Antarctica? <laughs> fucked if I know. But they're probably not white, so yeah. drop it. drops away.
2: <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not going to move anyway. Like, oh. it's just, uh, oh my God. it, it...
1: It's so good. It's so good. Where it's just like, all right, uh, you know, wh- hey, hey, Colonel, what's the plan going forward? Don't go to Antarctica.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Basically, don't go there. Oh my god. So, so that's look, so that's 1958. That, that, that,
1: that's 58. Okay, look, we 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 are in agreement that th- this this movie gets bundled into Steve McQueen's stardom, and that's why, like, I literally Googled why do people think that this is a good movie and no one at the time did critics i mean no critics at the time they were like this is this thing's boring as hell cuz you know look guys just just in that general oh my god my mouth my mouth is just i borrowed someone else's mouth today everyone. so i'm just i'm breaking it in general the general. general body of horror work at that time like 1958 the cre- the, the, the creature from the black lagoon came out you know you have movies like tarantula you know you've got uh you know, you know monster on campus like yeah these are b movies but they're highly entertaining yeah and shit happens every
2: 10 minutes yeah you know them the, was probably one of my favorites fucking, oh, the, oh my them, god oh, it, which
1: by the way is getting remade
2: i heard that it was yeah
1: Ooh. can't remember the director's name but i know that when i read the director i got crazy excited because they were they were doing it I'm surprised
2: um, it took them this long. I figured they would right? want to j- hop in on like the new effects for that, but uh, that's that that's gonna be a great one to talk about yeah, when the time uh, is right. Oh, I mm-hmm. can't wait for that. It's definitely one of my favorites.
1: So I guess my point is that there there was just a lot of great horror movies um, back around you know '58, and this is just, just flat out not one of them. Then I start then I start looking up like people are doing like their dissertations on the Blob, and I'm like, am I missing something? I don't think I am. This. <laughs> I fell asleep twice.
2: We You know?
1: <laughs> but anyway. So, look. We're going to quickly go to 1972. Larry Hagman. Yes, that Larry Hagman who shot JR. He directs one movie in his lifetime. It's Beware of the Blob, a.k.a. Son of the Blob. Mm. This movie is just like, let's rip a couple of lines of cocaine and who has the hash
2: that's it, not, that's not, not, let's not write down a script. We don't need one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you right I don't now, think this they entire did anyway. movie
1: is improvised. Now, coming off, I watch it back-to-back back with the blob, it was like I was watching the best movie ever made, and it is not. But coming off 58's blob, 72 is at least entertaining, even though it rambles on endlessly and really is more of a comedy than anything. And all the blob scenes are shot in this forced perspective, so like the special effects or garbage um but again it's better than the 58 version okay so there's 1972's beware of the blob seek it out if you hate yourself okay
2: so now, <laughs> if, now you won't, if you need, need to now, torture yourself soon soon to be
1: contacted by the larry hagman estate <laughs> all right so all right. now we get to oh here we go this so, is what we want to talk about. Yeah. So 1988.
2: Go so, ahead. Sorry. Fast forward. No, no, no. So, we'll fast forward. So, Chuck Russell uh, was the one who directed the 1988 version. If you don't recall who he is, uh, well, he did go on. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. So, he actually directed the Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors, which is a, a fan favorite. Which I think he did. Too. My favorite. Yeah. I raised my hand. Which by I, he did raise his hand. <laughs> 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 ma'am, ma'am. So, <laughs> so uh, and I think he was having trouble actually because he wasn't a, a fan of the Blob release. You know that that's what he said, and he wanted to go into it um, with uh, you know feeling that it needed an upgrade. So you know he was really determined to, to make this movie, and uh, it, uh, he went on to do um, you know Nightmare on Elm Street three, and that at least helped give him a little bit of credibility. Uh, because they're like, oh, the you know the movie was a huge success. He, you know, clearly, you know, was professional and knew what he was doing. Um, and he also did go on afterwards, uh, because of the effects, I believe, of the Blob to do, uh, The Mask, uh, nineteen ninety four, The Scorpion King in two thousand two, Eraser, and uh, Eraser. I know, I did skip that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I just realized I'm like everything I wrote down is not in timeline order. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they are, you know. So, but yeah, but that's uh Chuck Russell's work. Um, just a, a, a few of them, anyway. But he, for some reason, had like a lot of trouble. But luckily, the, uh, the remake of The Fly came out, yeah. and that, and I feel like there was something else that I'm I'm forgetting no at stu- the moment. But at least those remakes from the '50s, uh, you know, movies were gaining popularity, and then finally, um, it, but but by this point, right, it was TriStar yeah. that took over um, because. They didn't want to focus on anything old. They wanted to focus on the new. But then they, with the success of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and the successes of the other remakes, they were like, you know what? Maybe, Maybe it's worth a shot. Let's give it a go. Okay.
1: If it had a mind, you could reason
0: with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there. You saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off.
1: I get, I get the studios taking a look at the blob, the 58 version, mm-hmm. and, and not being able to see it. I completely get Chuck Russell looking at the blob and seeing the potential there. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those circumstances that we, we hear about all the time in the, you know, the trials and tribulations of making movies. He finally got in front of the right people that trusted him. Now, he did have a script. Oh, 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 oh. All right, let's just pause right there. Okay. So, co-writer of the script, none other than Frank Darabont. Yes. I had not known that, d- just until last night when I when I put. Oh, the blah okay. Blah. I'm watching the credits, and then it was like it dropped on me. I'm like, everything makes sense. Everything that, and, and not to discount what Chuck Russell does, he directed the hell out of this movie. But every, they were a great team. Everything yeah. that I love about this mm-hmm. movie is in direct correlation to Frank Darbont's work. Yeah. The, the, The humor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The, I don't give a shitness of the blob when you compare the ending of The Mist okay. to how many people get killed in this movie that you think are going to be the protagonist.
2: Oh, that's, we're going to get into that. You know, this has got Frank written all
1: over, literally written all over it. Yep. Where he's just like, you think you think, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And you're going to freak out, but eventually you're going to love me for it. And I, and I absolutely do. So I just wanted to bring up that Frank's little paw prints are all over this movie.
2: It's fantastic too. The, so yeah, so he, he did do that where he, he just wanted to, so it was obviously the surprise factor, which he, um, I believe, uh, I believe it was him too. that took it from psycho technically. So in psycho, right. So there's the, you know, the Hitchcock did the, where, um, you know, Janet Lee was all over the place. She was a big time, you know, actress and she was the main star, the main face. Yep. But she gets killed in the first act, and audiences are like, "Oh, what do now? And, you know?" And almost like, "Who do who do I follow? Yeah, like who's uh, safe? I, no one's safe. What so, have you done? Yeah, yeah. So now, so that was the so the the well, it's not the very first kill of the right. It was the homeless man of the.
1: But he's killed off. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, he yeah no he is devoured. I should say under the blanket.
2: Yes. So technically the first kill after the homeless man is um so this is Donovan Leach Jr. so he plays Paul Taylor. So Paul Taylor is a, you know a football star. He's going on a date with the, with the hot cheerleader who is yeah. Shawnee Smith. So um and fun facts about them too by the way. They actually went to the same high school together,
1: Hollywood High.
2: And they went to prom together. Isn't that adorable? <laughs>
1: It's not adorable because I love Shawnee. Aww, it should have been me.
2: You should have went to Hollywood. Hi. Oh
1: snap. All right, I got paused one sec. I think I may have mentioned this before. Remember, I told you I took a date to this movie. Yes. And I happened to say, in my defense, I guess um, girls didn't like horror movies in '88. No, no, they didn't like going to horror movies with me in '88. Okay. (laughs) Just be real.
2: Like re- that was fantastic. I want to ret-
1: ret- retract my statement.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I watched this movie last night,
1: and there are so many gory deaths. And the the young, wonderful young woman that I took to this movie had not hinted in any way, shape, or form that she enjoyed not only movies but horror movies. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey, baby girl, <laughs> I got the perfect night plan for you. <laughs>
2: I mean, you scarred I mean, her for life.
1: This, I was crying last night, like when, 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 uh, <laughs> when uh, uh, Scott's date in the car, her face like implodes oh, inward. Oh, amazing! I, and I'm thinking to myself back in '88, being like, "Yep, this is doing it. This
2: is going to be a spectacular night <laughs> for me."
0: You're tacky, and I hate you.
2: You had the shrunk of the car, too, with the the strawberries (laughs) and the the alcohol.
1: Sinners, I'd like to say that I got smarter as time went on, but (laughs) I did not. I'm (laughs) crying. I'm just thinking about how stupid I was back then. Jesus. Anyway,
2: okay, so (laughs) my my fucked
1: up personal life aside,
2: uh, back to the show. (laughs) So so that was the idea for Paul uh, Taylor's death to be as... um, Oh, what's the word I want to look for? For is spectacular. It's, yes, thank you. I almost said theatric. I'm like, no. You're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. But it, it was it was a spectacular, spectacular scene. And I believe I haven't really to get this confirmed, but I, I do believe this. Um supposedly they filmed like this was the very last scene that they filmed as far as the death You're scenes
1: 100% go. 100% right. All right, cool. 100% right. So,
2: they, because they wanted to play with the effects. They wanted to... Learn um, as they go. Learn as they go. Yeah. And, you know, they, they did a lot of other fun things. They, they played with a lot of other makeup. They, you know, they, they had their their blobs um, uh, pretty much figured out with the quilts injected with the methacill. Yeah. So, they, you know, were able to play with these effects a little bit. So, by the time they got to um, filming Paul Taylor's death scene... Oh, what a scene. What a scene. Shen, I, I,
1: we got to talk about this. D- just just because it's it's one of the most iconic practical kills in all of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that, you know, this movie it's just it's 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 the apex of fantastic B movies.
2: Really, it was. It's not pretending to be it's...
1: anything more than it is. Just wants to be a B movie, well-made, entertaining, funny, but the f- but but, but what,
2: freaky at the same time.
1: What Chuck Russell demanded was, the movie can be funny, but the Blob can never be funny. Right? The blob can never be played for laughs. So every time the Blob shows up, you're you know your your jokey jokey you're parts are attention. over, and you're like, oh snap, so, so, something's gonna happen. So j- just to go back to Paul's death. Chance, one hundred percent correct. They waited until the this was the very last practical effect of the movie because they had learned so much along the way. And what they would do is they had these quilts. To your point, they had these quilts made of parachute silk. Mm-hmm. And when they would inject the methicill, which is by the way, the blob centers is basically made up of. And there's a lot of components to it, but the the biggest com- component of the blob is some um, milkshake thickener
2: it's a yeah it's a thickening yeah, yeah food it's a thickening, thickening agent so they yeah. could
1: play around with it they could have the blob as thick as they wanted or as thin as they wanted and, and it the never and stuff it, never melted
2: and it never dried up either oh
1: that's right that's yeah, right yeah right. so, oh.
2: I mean, so so they could hold on to it and and squeeze it out when they needed. it like depending what effect they were going by they uh, can we'll... make it as thick or as thin as they wanted to and this was really important for for specific scenes
1: so all of that knowledge all of the trial and error from the beginning of the movie till this shot of Paul's death is incorporated in this scene and it works so beautifully they basically drape Donovan in the parachute silk and they're kind of like... I don't want to say ripping off of them, but they're they're retracting the silk, so it looks like movement, uh-huh. and all you can see is the blob and the veins of the methacill, you know, working perfectly because it's it's so transparent at that point that you can still see Donovan's face, and he's got his practical makeup on as well. Yeah. Now it sucked for him because the methysil was shooting up his nose. I found out. During yeah. this scene, but they did not tell Shawnee Smith.
2: No, they did not. So she comes around the corner. They, she thought it was going to be a dummy. She yes. did know of a dummy being made, and um. Could you imagine? I'd, I, <laughs> you could see it in her face. It's a
1: genuine reaction. Yeah. Watch the movie now, sinners. I hope you listen to Go this episode. Go back and watch this the scene very yeah. night you watch the movie. <laughs> um, one one thing that did break my heart though, on my research of this was scene where kevin Dillon is trapped in the snow maker i'm gonna yeah snow snow maker okay at the end and you know he he because i guess it felt like a good idea at the time he rams the blob the truck flips over and he's caught in the cab blob surrounds him so it's almost like he's in an aquarium right uh, inverted aquarium yeah. and the blob is all around him did you know that they had done an extended scene of that of all of the soldiers and Dr. Meadows, who had been eaten... Like,
2: like almost like a sea?
1: Float by. Yes. In I various d- stages of yes. composition. But what had happened, sinners, is that they um they prepped the scene the day before, and then they call, called it a day, and they left everything in the tank, all set up to do the first shot in the morning was going to be this scene, and unfortunately there was a leak in the tank, and blob went everywhere. Everywhere, and it would be too cost effective, and 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 it would also eat up too much scheduling time. Yeah. So they had to cut it. They just
2: scrapped it. Could
1: you imagine seeing Doctor Meadows float past the window? Oh, I would ah, kill for that. I'd kill for that scene.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they would have too.
1: <laughs> but
2: you know. Oh. So
1: all right. So we'll just we'll we'll just talk about the blob in comparison. We've got our 58 and our 88. Mm-hmm. So. The 88 Blob takes just a few beats. It takes the general premise of an entity from space, Mm -hmm. Crash Lands. Our 88 Blob, though, is a government experiment, which I, I can't get enough of that. I loved it. Absolutely love it. What a clever, what a clever thing to do. Instead of it just being this ambiguous, it came from the galaxies. It's like, no, we shot something up into space, and then this is what returned.
2: Yeah, and, and
1: it, we're gonna weaponize it.
2: Yep, yeah. and it g- gained potentially some more victims. <laughs> I
1: mean, think about it. Think about it. How many horror movies do we watch and do we love, where the premise is loosely, and then we were gonna weaponize? <laughs> it yep. and then it turned against us and that is probably one of my favorite uh genres subgenres <laughs> of horror movies as well when when you think you have control over something that you don't even remotely understand <laughs> and then it uh comes around and it, and, it, and it eats you up so all on board for those changes i mean they kept the um they kept the hobo scene in the beginning and they uh, basically then just subverted everything from Paul's death forward. Pretty much, you know, um, yeah. which I can't applaud enough because yeah. the blob, the fifty-eight footprint, the blueprint is just screaming to be do anything to me to make it exciting.
2: That's what I mean. Like so, like the idea, like again, that Irvin S. Yeaworth Jr. wanted. Was the, the, just wanting it to be. It doesn't think. It doesn't. It, it only reacts. It only survives. It, yeah. o- it That's all it does. It and it doesn't either. Um, which which is a lot more prominent in this film. It doesn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Subjugate. Is that a correct word? Where it doesn't. It doesn't pick and choose its victims. Like it's. It's not going just after this type of person. That's it, it, literally no one is safe. And that's what we got from um, Paul Taylor. That's what we got from Paul Taylor's death right off the bat. Like he was supposed to be the protagonist nay <laughs> you know he even goes after children and we get that that's a fantastic so, you know the
1: producers were like you can't kill a kid oh yeah and chuck was like the
2: fuck i can't watch me, <laughs> watch me. <laughs> the fuck i can't i'm gonna
1: kill the fuck out of this kid <laughs> And let me tell you he something. He has a
2: great death scene. That
1: kid gets <laughs> so killed.
2: He's so it's
1: so so oh, dead. <laughs> and it's so great cuz he's so annoying. He so really is. Great. So, the, all right, so sinners, let's just this movie if, if if nothing else is a masterclass in practical effects, which I think by now you know that Shannon and I absolutely adore not to say that we don't completely love movies nowadays that utilize cgi well you know and and you know blend it in seamlessly with the movie that you're watching so that it all works there's so many examples of that happening now and they do it great and kudos yeah but this was this was right on the bubble in 88 where you had the the absolute Apex of practical effect work was going on because so much had been learned and there was so much to refer to. I mean, just think about '82. You've got Rick Baker uh, doing um, American World from London, and those award first Academy Award for for, for uh, special effects, right? Uh, makeup, sorry, makeup
2: effects. Um, I knew what you meant. So that's. <laughs> I'm, drink, I'm drinking pumpkin beer too. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> so. You, you, you know but this is only what this
1: is 6 years later so you're going from 82 to 88 and the practical effect work in this movie. So, just just to to take it through. We've got Paul's death and what I what I love about this movie is the kills, I, only, I didn't really realize it till I watched it last night. The kills are also driving our, our story and as a viewer, us, through the town and getting us towards where we need to go for the story to make sense and then eventually have the end at, in the town hall. So we've got Paul's death in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to Scott, our date rapey douche, mm-hmm. um, who, who's on the bluff and they literally say, oh, what are all those cop cars doing down at the hospital? So like, Geographically, it makes sense, which didn't happen in fifty eight. Fifty eight, you were like, I don't even know where the fucking blob is. Yeah, and yep. none of these scenes, no one gave a shit about having it make any sort of logical sense. Yes. Russell and Darabont... they really do did nothing. But they're like, we're going from the hospital up to the bluff. We go from the bluff where Scott gets killed, and, and
2: you can see it. If if I could say really quick too, again, back sure, please, to, again, back to um to Paul Taylor's death that's that that infamous scene when his date sees him and he's reaching out to her and, and 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 yeah before she rips his arm off with you know whatever dissolving agent he and he's reaching out to her crying out for her so that scene where it's going up if you look watch it right now. if you look in the background it is leaving out the window no! it's already escaping it. as it's consuming so it's constantly moving and absorbing at the same time it, so on. they they did think ahead as well for background they as need, well
1: they, they need to they need to continue this
2: <laughs> rob
1: zombie uh, rob zombie in 2015 yeah i remember him saying interested. he was gonna
2: remake to the blob yeah it,
1: it went nowhere um look i love rob zombie is a musician i absolutely i, I just love him i don't it, it's very very miss 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 with me with his film work but i would give him the benefit of the doubt because i feel like his blob could be super grindhouse and grungy Could be. but but the kills would be insane and it would also kind of, it'd be a callback to Bill Mosley plays the soldier in <laughs> So it'd be kind of cool to have Bill Mosley in a, in a Blob movie. But anyway, so that, that's where the Blob property is right now, kind of in limbo. So we're out the window. We're up to kill Scott. Um, by the way, sinners, so Scott's um, death, because the Blob just comes pouring out of, and damn it, if she wasn't, if I didn't have such a crush on her and I,
2: uh, Erica Alaniac? I think so. And she you was you in say. Baywatch.
1: So she plays... Yeah, she was in
2: Baywatch, yes. Pre, she, oh, pre-Baywatch. Yeah. This is pre, So afterwards, she went on to do Baywatch. So she plays
1: um, the victim of the blob and, and then the victim of, of Scott. Yeah, I'm, date rape victim, basically. She gets, uh, you will know, consumed, but you better off with the blob. scene yeah. We're, we're not seeing <laughs> Dare it. I say. And then Scott, of course, is just you know cr- being creepy date rape guy and the way they s- film the scene because the blob comes out of her so fast and just engl- engulfs him they had the car on a gimbal mm-hmm. and they t- twisted the car so that scene is the blob is literally just pouring out onto the actor who um ricky paul uh golden all right ricky paul golden you played a good part it was a creepy part but you played a creep well, Yes. you know, and he has he has a couple of comedic <laughs> great needs. potential
2: victim too, yeah, and yes, and, and he was a good comedic uh, moment too, yes.
1: Um, so now uh, we have the, uh, Scott's killed. Then you see the blob going to the sewer. Then we go to the diner, and that's the death oh, of two more.
2: Oh, the diner! Yeah, that's two. That's
1: two more of the people that we thought would probably be these two people, Fran and Sheriff. Uh, Herb may may die but it'll be third act last reel they get killed in the mm-hmm. last 5 minutes of the you movie you can
2: and you could potentially guess that um the the dishwasher guy uh would get it but and sure. what a great scene that was
1: so so like again Russell and Darbon with this script they set up a very it's not a meet cute cuz obviously Herb and Fran know each other but like they have they take their time in a movie that's only an hour and 45 minutes long. They take their time to have these these emotional, cute, world-building beats where you get a better sense of the town, you get a better sense of, of the inhabitants of the town, that these are good people and they have lives. They're not just cardboard cutouts, because you very much want Sheriff Herb and Fran to go to the roadhouse to yeah, go to, to would go here. i have seen them end up together
2: music. and you know they end up together but in the blob. But this is a this is also I this is a great but, scene too though. I love the mechanics. I appreciate the mechanics
1: of a well-paced movie. Fran leaves Sheriff Herb the note I get off at 11.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When when Sheriff Herb then goes leaves the station and you know all right, now we have we have like some some continuity here. Doesn't necessarily have to be eleven because Fran's still working, but like we understand that this shit happened during the the afternoon, and now we're in the evening. Now we're in the night. Like it it does what the fifty eight version didn't do, whereas you know where you are, yeah. and you know that you you can feel the the clock ticking here, but you have you're
2: not set adrift and they're introducing a lot of characters yeah. too like that are that are experiencing having their own experiences for the evening and it, yeah like you said it's very well paced and it, it's you don't feel like you don't feel all over the place.
1: This movie never lets you get in front of it where you're like, "I've seen this before. I know it's going to happen." Even though it's literally might it might have started off that way. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, that's true. It that may is, have started
2: off that way, but then again, once 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 it kicks off, you're like, "Oh fuck! I don't. Where is this going now?" That's true, and that's and what makes it exciting.
1: Once we get Paul's death, it's a completely new movie, and and I think um, Russell and Darbont, they really have a lot of fun with the audience because like you think you know you don't know know. so now we get to um you know we we have a a, you know a a nice scene between brian flagg kevin Dillon, and shawnee smith in the diner where she's snuck out of her house because she knows brian didn't kill uh paul or the hobo and she's got it you know you get all right you, you know meg's got a sense of um of right and wrong. Right. And also a sense of a rebellious streak because she sneaks out of the house, she goes down to the police station, her and Brian meet up. They're in the diner, you know, they have a nice little moment where where like, you know, he's like you're look, you're the head cheer- cheerleader. Like you think I'm the town dirtbag and I think you are the the Ritz mm-hmm. snob. But then they then they they and they do have that moment. Yeah. But then they're the screenwriters are smart enough to the, then they break through that, and they actually see each other as people in a very weird yeah. circumstance she that actually, one can figure out. She
2: actually insulted him by saying, you're just like everybody else. He oh, and like that's, whoa, yeah, whoa, that?
1: whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And that's what sets him off.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would yeah. set me off too, Sinners. just to let you know, oh, you're just like everybody else. Oh, no. no, no, no,
1: no. Note to I'm... self, Sinners, if we ever want to set <laughs> Shannon off, you're just like everyone oh, else. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you go watch a rom-com? <laughs> so... <laughs> We get the w- w- what I love about this scene is that we're we're in kind of this like for lack of a better word tender scene between yes. Brian
2: like a calm before the storm and Meg mm-hmm.
1: and then we go into the kitchen where the sink is clogged <laughs> up. So it's it's just like oh man, we were having like a nice little mo- like the the movie doesn't let you rest for a minute is what I'm trying to out. Yeah. In. Even when you're if having If you these, have a minute,
2: maybe that's it. Right? Yeah.
1: Even when you're having these scenes of like okay, okay, cuz sometimes you know, sometimes we need that in a horror movie where you're just like, I I need
2: my footing. I need my footing. You need you character know? development. Yeah. You, yeah, you want to care about some of these people, and that's what that's what helps carry you through, I feel like. It's, I don't know.
1: So- well, it fleshes out a better movie, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, because all of a sudden you care about these people. More importantly, you care about these people when they meet their demise. Demise, yeah. So you've got, um, you know, the, the poor dishwasher. I mean, his scene is his scenes the closest to comedy in in the sense of the blob because mm-hmm. even Frank Darabont was like, how the fuck are you going to get a grown man down the drain?
2: I <laughs> where, where, where? I'm, I'm raising my hand, sinners, because I know you can see me. <laughs> Can't wait until this is on video. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, uh, there is an interview out there, uh, with, uh, Nick Benson. So he was one of the, uh, special effects who helped create the blob, um, you know, and, uh, inject all these quilts, uh, you know, with the, 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 uh, the thickening agent and, um, So he, I I feel like in this, it was this interview where I uh, heard about this and he does talk about this scene because a lot of people have said that, how do you fit a, a man, uh, and it could have been a child even, you know, uh, down a, a person down down a drain, right? How do you do that? Now, if you remember what the blob does clearly dissolves. So what this blob did to pull this victim down, it quickly dissolved him and pulled At the same time. and that's
1: head. Collapsing into the drain, but then you see the drain go, like it bulges out. yeah,
2: yeah. So, so that, so that was the initial, like, oh, the blob is struggling. So he's like, let me dissolve it, and that's when the he quick, the rest of him quickly gets down the drain. So that's kind of the best. I mean, nobody needed to explain that in the movie (laughs) because you had to use your imagination. Yeah. But that's basically what uh, in this interview Nick Benson kind of says. Like, if you remember, like he's dissolving everybody, but and and now that he's getting. Stronger now, he can dissolve as quickly or as slowly as he wants, as it wants, I should say.
1: And to 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 your point, the so the dissolving of the corpse and the pulling into the drain, you could get the sense of the velocity at which this is happening because the 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 final shot is his two feet and they're kind of you know like spasming, (laughs) but then the sneaker on one shoots up, so you get the sense of like compressed blood just shooting up to the path of least resistance and then that that sneaker goes flying off and that is one of that's actually one of the few scenes in this movie interestingly enough where there is a lot of blood involved yes. because you see it like splattering all over yeah, the sink yeah, yeah. because Russell was was concerned that if they were to show too much blood they'd get an X Okay. because he knew the kills that they had in mind they're like this movie is going to be a kill frenzy But if we can just dissolve people and encapsulate them and make that as disgusting as possible... You don't really need the blood uh, in some of these scenes. Sex, which our movie does not have, Mm -mm. and blood are the two things that get you an NC-17 at uh, X rating. Okay. So he's like, if we can eliminate... We certainly don't have the sex. Is that
2: still up to today's standards as well? Yeah. So an 88, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: So he's like, if we can eliminate the blood, then we can make our kills as... Gruesome and and graphic as we want, and I mean it's it's just it's kind of it. I know that you and I are looking at each other like it's kind of silly, right? But it's actually not because once it's you introduce that blood factor, smart. it makes it very real. Where these kills are almost like like almost cart- cart- uh, comic book, okay? You know, like uh, it it's just they're just going to eleven, but they're not so insanely dripping with gore that they got away with murder because these kills are fantastic.
2: They really are.
1: But they stayed away from the MPAA. They're like, no, nah, they gave them an R rating. You know, they held on to their R. But I just love the fact that Russell was trying to get ahead of it and he's like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna smack an X on us so we have to figure out how to avoid that. And they did. Yeah. So now we're, you know, we, we are, uh, a great scene is, is the blob then. Sh- they, we got a great scene followed by the jankiest scene in the movie. We have the blob now comes out, it uh, eats up the dishwasher, and comes that was all rever-
2: out. That was all reverse shocks too, by the way. Oh, and by the way, yeah. But when it comes up and grabs his face, they it was on his face, and they ripped it ripped off. The,
1: sinners, you can see this on YouTube. It's yeah. actually really cool. It to is check really
2: out. neat. And then, now, uh, and the guy was actually doing like a, a headstand, a headstand. <laughs> in the sink, yeah. and then he just jumped down. Um, as opposed to getting pulled up, like so, a lot of these were a lot of reverse shots and um, and some mini sets as well in the in the right setting, um, which we'll get to the phone booth scene. Oh, in a we're second. coming up
1: to it. Yeah, the three foot doll. Oh,
2: great yeah. scene. So effective How? though. So seamlessly the cuts.
1: Okay, you know what? We're not there. So so so. so. <laughs> we got a great scene where the blob shoots out of the sink and then in, and and like splatters on the ceiling, and then you for the first time you really get the. the um, the size and the scope of the blob at this moment, I mean, it's going to get way, way bigger. But you're like, oh, snap. This wasn't the blob that killed Paul. This wasn't even the blob that killed Scott. This thing is getting it enormous is now. It's huge, yeah. So then, um, this is the jankiest scene in the movie, in my opinion. Then you've got a scene of Meg and Brian running down the hallway to the walk-in freezer. And it's green screen, and they have the blob on the ceiling. And it all, they're running on, the actors were running on treadmills, and it just, when I saw it in 88, people laughed and I got upset because I, really, I knew that my date was never going to talk to me again. And I was like, don't laugh at this movie. I'm really liking it. So that is that it, look, it was 88. Yeah. It was great. It was early. Every
2: other scene makes up for it. I could care less if they were running with extensions or no.
1: So this, (laughs) this does call back to the 58 blob where they actually do. They do go back into the, um, uh, to the, uh, scene in the walk in freezer. So here's where they learn that, okay, the blob will react to cold. Mm. Um, also a shout out to the casting for the 88 blob. Shawnee Smith and Kevin Dillon look their age. Um, 58 blob, uh, Steve McQueen looks 35. His date Jane is anywhere from 17 to
2: 42.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's the style of the time, but I'm like, I don't, I just don't even know how old this girl and or woman. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Anyway. So I mean, good, I could do, good re- casting. I, I
2: could find out, but yeah, I think Steve McQueen was 28 years old. Right. At the time of filming. Yeah. And I, look, but I'm d- d- sure I, a Smith, lot of, a I, lot of people were just like, you don't really look like a teenager, but I mean, maybe in the fifties they didn't care, but, but I a lot t- of people look back on it and like, hmm. well, there's like, there's just,
1: there's actually so much of that just all through the fifties, sixties and seventies. But anyway, yeah. So um, now we get okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the baton to you, Sinners. By the way, we'll eventually be on video, and all Shannon and I do at each other's point.
2: points. Yes, points. We get <laughs> excited. We, we point, raise we point, our hands. We raise <laughs> our
1: hand like we're in horror class, <laughs> and we're both in the front row, and we point a lot. So I'm pointing at you now. So now we we have the cut to Fran, who, by the way, Sinners, another great scene is Fran smashes the glass of the diner and fucks out of the window oh yeah which is just like this yeah this is what real people would do so yeah so
2: she i appreciate that so she escapes she uh and and i was wondering too if this was a little tiny uh callback as well to psycho Uh, not psycho i'm sorry to hitchcock going in uh, for the birds going into a utilizing a phone booth scene no one's ever confirmed that or said that but i just thought that was interesting i like it why not i like it so, but, uh, but, or also too, it is a very small confined space, so it could be either or, but either way. So, uh, Candy Clark, uh, actress, uh, plays Fran. She runs into the, the phone booth and now she's actually trying to call, uh, Sheriff Herb Geller, uh, by the way, who is played by Jeffrey Demon. Uh, you will know him from The Walking Dead, um, uh, as his most like, I'm sure he's done and, and in the and, mist. He's in the mist. In every
1: single, um. Frank Darabont film yeah. going forward.
2: Pretty much, yeah. They, yeah I think they remained really good they're friends. They're real good friends. Yeah. So, they, uh, you know, so she's trying to call him because they were supposed to meet pretty much uh, probably at this moment and now obviously things are happening. So she's in the phone booth making a call and you, the blob quickly... Quickly catches up to her. Could still be wreaking havoc in the diner as well, because that's how big this thing yeah, is. Yeah, now we're big. Pretty much. So it, oh, but, the, but this scene now with it oozing down and blanketing. So good. Literally and figuratively, because <laughs> <quilts. so> <laughs> they're quilts. <laughs> but it's literally blanketing the... Um, The, the phone booth. So now that it's completely covered, now we, we go into an overhead shot, right? Down into this, uh, the phone booth, which was in a very effective scene. So she is, uh, you know, realizing she's in trouble. She's trying to call the police, trying to get to the sheriff and then she sees the sheriff yeah. <laughs> you her, never saw so oh unfortunate my. so my only thing was that he was killed off screen but however to introduce him as a uh, already a corpse within the blob it, it was almost like the blob like and then they, and they did say like it doesn't think it does it just it just absorbs that's it but it was almost like the blob at this scene was like oh you're trying to call the sheriff <laughs> and you. so he pushes him up to the the um, it to basically to the phone booth for Fran to see that he, he ain't coming to her no, rescue. Sorry. So, and, but this was such a great scene. So they built this dummy of Jeffrey Damon, uh, for his character, um, and uh, I know, they, I remember, like, they said something like they, you know, they, ha- you had to know who he was yeah. because he is very distorted at this point. Like you could, bas- you could still see his face and see the features enough, but they, uh, I remember like they did something where they moved the, um, the sheriff's, uh, badge, um, like to his shoulder. So you definitely so, like, know that So time, him. like, so by the time, like, so it was pushed up, uh, like this, I, I know sinners, you could all see me. <laughs> <laughs> but basically they whatever the dummy they had they just shoved it um i think they i don't know if they had it like within a quilt so you can see him clearly um yeah i think it's just
1: the dummy just and they just like and they just kind of
2: pressed it up against it and then uh yeah and then obviously the quilt covered the rest so you didn't see anybody holding uh the dummy uh per se but uh but a very effective scene so now she's just i'm sure she kind of said I'm fucked at this point but her her shoe is on the door trying to hold everything together and you she, feel the compression yeah you, you, you know? can you can absolutely feel it, it.
1: like kind of squeaking a little bit yep
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then it's a quick shot that where like, I feel like it's seamless. I feel like you can't tell, but you see her like, like, you know, like, like look up and start screaming. So, it, so like it's, so it's clear. Yeah. It's, it's clearly seamless. her. And then they do a quick, uh, edit where they put in uh, a dummy and they explode. And oh, that dummy like went to pieces. <laughs>
1: Shout out to the editor of this movie. Yeah, and sure enough, great editing. Because I suck at my job, sinners. I should have looked up who edited this movie because those cuts. You are great. Because especially, you know, sinners. You know this cutting for practical effects is so challenging because if you're a millisecond in either direction, you could ruin the shot. You know, so just ha- knowing what to put in and. And the pacing and the timing and making sure that everything works and is logical and and visually engaging. There's so much work. Very a lot it's of work. It gives me
2: anxiety just thinking about it. It's yeah. So
1: much work. So shout I mean, out to the
2: magic of movies. <laughs> I mean, just editing some of these podcasts, uh, you know, and or videos that we're probably going to start doing. <laughs> right now, they're like, wait, a, they edit. That's that's all right. <laughs> 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 I know we'll fix that in post, <laughs> but we. won't. <laughs> it's never going to happen. We never will. You're going you're gonna to take us all in. We'll give you our
1: social security number and still not take it out in post. It's never <laughs> happening. So, we've got... Now, you agree or disagree. Now, I feel like the movie is just... We're, it, we're... I use this all the time. We're on roller skates. Yeah. It is just like, okay. Rockets to we're in the movie theater the, the the asshole patron is getting sucked up into the ceiling the poor projectionist is getting gobbled up and he has that great scene where then the usher goes up and he's hanging from the ceiling and he's like kind of outside of the blob like pushed out of the blob but he's all dissolved
2: yeah, I I, I, I assumed that was just kind of like um like an experiment in a way, like because again, like we were, they were learning as they were going. But that was I I thought that was a cool scene. But visually,
1: it's so great, very
2: so, very effective. Now we're
1: having now we're having really the the VFX department has taken over the movie at this point, and they're just like, sit tight, we're gonna give you like a good ten minutes of just kill after kill after kill. This body is half-dissolved. This guy gets, you know, uh, uh, gets uh, torn out of his chair in the movie theater. And you have that scene of now, um, like, the blob is fully in the theater, and it's very different from the 58 version. You do get the scene of patrons running out of the theater, which is uh, iconic. Good homage, yeah. For uh, the 58 version. But then you're in the theater, and you're actually seeing the carnage and what's going on there, and people are just getting
2: fucked
1: up left and right.
2: Annihilated. Yeah, just
1: annihilated. (laughs) So we get out of there, and now Meg is rescuing her brother and the brother's annoying friend, and they get into the sewer system because it's look, like it's logical. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go in the alley, so they take their only, you know, escape that they can find. In the sewers, we get the death of uh, of uh, the brother's friend, which is again just another iconic practical effects moment, and it's just so gorgeously done. And again. They hired a little person, stunt person.
2: Yes. And yeah. Like initially, I think the kid gets dragged off, um, and then what pops up is is. Um...
1: They had two versions of that. I read they had okay. the version of that we see in the movie, okay, which I think works really, really well. Of the kid then popping back up, and he's like, like really dissolved, but he reaches out for Meg. Yes. And the, but what they had, they had another version of that where the um, body is like kind of like propelled out of the water, but it's almost like fully dissolved and like skeletal. Yes. Um, so you're getting a sense of like how fast the blob is, is um, dissolving people now. So, oh, I should have mentioned at this point, you know, we've got uh, uh, Brian has gone uh, back into the woods and it gets, of course, captured by the military. And now uh, everything is basically coming together at this point in the town hall mm-hmm. where all of our, um, all of our townsfolk are barricading themselves in. The blob has now grown to massive proportions. This is where we do get um, some, you know, uh, green screen, early green screen work of the size and some like, you know, forced perspective and some, uh, uh, you know, kind of like some old school ideas that don't necessarily play well they i guess they were they did for 88 now they look a little antiquated and a little dated but because this is a b movie it gets away with it okay you know yeah but there's you know there's there's a little some janky scenes uh but now we just have have just straight up mayhem dr meadows has a bit of an expo- exposition uh, clarification of like, you know, what this is all about and the importance of it. And then he, of course, immediately gets killed, yeah. which is a great scene. Um, and Sinner's just, you know, from practical effects perspective, if you want to know what they did was they inflated a balloon. I was
2: going to say, yeah, that was the balloon. One, in right? Seneca's
1: yeah. helmet. And it's just, oh, I meant to point this out. From Paul's death forward, there is a um, a soft pink Uh, uh, lighting filter used in every scene okay every scene you will see either physically like meg's bedroom there's a pink quilt she's got a pink phone um on the street because there's no necessarily pink they will use a pink filter to light a store window like there's a bit of pink everywhere you know
2: what i noticed actually it's funny you say that because i I didn't notice it for the rest of the film. but in the very beginning, they're at a football game, and so their colors are red and white. So, but if you when everyone has like the pom poms, like cheering for the team, you when it? you shake it, it looks like the same pink color. It's
1: very much on purpose. I,
2: it has to be. Very much on I purpose. I saw that right away. I was like, oh, that's that's interesting.
1: Set designer, costume designer, director. Everyone was Everything like came in like
2: all together, like full circle. They wanted makes to make it, great. it
1: so subtle, but they wanted to have a pink presence in every single frame of this movie, okay. so that subconsciously, it's like you're visually seeing it, you're not even registering it, but you're. It's leading to your anxiety. But its presence because it's is there, always present. Yeah. So oh, and oh, then very they're having, cool. you know, they're taking the piss and they're having fun with it too, with yeah. like you know Meg's bedspread and the phone being pink and stuff like that. But. uh I, yeah, I just I read about that and I'd noticed that when I watched the film last night, it's it, it's it's there. Sinners, so check it out and watch it. So again, you know, back to the town hall in the end of the movie. So we've got this just absolute chaos of they're boarded up. We get um, uh, Deputy. Uh, I, I love this character actor. He's so good in RoboCop. Paul McCrane. Mm-hmm. Um great actor. He eventually went on uh, to be a regular on ER. But he's uh, Deputy Bill, and he gets so killed in this movie and it's such good, <laughs> such a good effect where he's barricading the door with like a bookcase and the bookcase of course has you know uh, shelves and two little blobby arms come out and encircle him and then rip him and crack him in half backwards yep. through the bookcase yep i remember seeing that in the theater and then when i went to high five my date and she didn't high five <laughs> back <laughs> I just high-spied myself. And
2: I was like, yeah! Yeah, even if the blob didn't get you, 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 you your back is broke. Oh, and it you're was just so fucked. Good. Yeah, you're fucked.
1: It was so good. So now we just, look, we get quick resolution. You know, there's a lot of chaos and a lot of mayhem. But, you know, uh, Brian saves the day. He brings the snowblower in there. He works with Meg. Meg actually has the good idea to blow the damn thing up. And by doing that, there's so much cold and so much, you know, freezing chemical Coats the blob and turns it into its crystal version, which, which we thought, had seen earlier in the movie.
2: Yes, which I actually found that interesting. That was an interesting little trope too. Um, that it just it doesn't freeze; it like it crystallizes. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it, it was just an interesting. Way to transition into something else, I guess. Like my little, whole thing little is like, ice cubes. I guess you gotta I don't make know. Make
1: sure you pick up every little micro crystal of this blob.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all right, mm-hmm. okay. Somebody collects a, a few ice cubes, and uh you so, know, we get the end of the film, which but may now, or may. A lot of people, I think, were upset about that because it introduced a possible sequel. And Chuck Russell was like, "Yeah, maybe, but maybe not."
1: Frank Darbin, he's like, "I will put this on my tombstone. I'm telling you." hand to god that was not our intention. He's like we just wanted to have a nihilistic ending. Yeah. Which is textbook Frank Darbon. Yeah. So I'm like, I believe you. Okay. Can yeah. you also make a sequel? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't care. Just do it. So, I feel like this property is just so ready for a great I don't want to even call it remake. I just want to continue on. I don't want to remake. I just want you to pick up the story from the preacher's tent. Mm-hmm. You know, look, that canister's got to be somewhere. Because
2: you assumed that it can just live on. Yeah. So that canister's got to be somewhere. Also, the blob itself has got to be somewhere. Yeah.
1: Like, I know that they were like, we need to get this into cold storage, uh, mm. you know, before it, it thaws. But, but it's not, all right where's that cold sword? Anyway. So, I'm just begging uh, creative people out there just make uh, just continue the blob story because that was 88. We're 35 t- years. Yeah, it's come it's up. it's, yeah,
2: you could you could you could do it.
1: It's fine. It's fine. Time. It's, it's time. time. It's fine. So that's that's it for us gang. Um next week, oh boy. All right, Chan, let me not steal your thunder. <laughs>
2: what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We are do- what are we doing? We're doing the Halloweens <laughs> one. End two. One and two are going to be the main focus. Yes, so that might be that might be a double uh double feature uh that will so we will try not to talk for we're probably going to talk for three hours. Yeah, I have a lot of Halloween stuff. Not going to lie, week. yeah, not it, probably going to talk for like three hours. However, we'll split we'll that. We'll split it up. Yeah, so yeah. you're not. <laughs> so, you're gonna, yeah. so you're not like what the fuck is this? Yeah. We'll
1: do we'll we'll do like an you know an hour and fifteen on the on the two and then an hour and fifteen on 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 the the. Whatever we don't cover.
2: Or more. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Will there be (laughs) discussion of three? There will not.
2: No, that deserves its own episode. We have decided we will do that uh, sometime. We don't know when, but we will. Will there be
1: discussion of four and five? Absolutely. Will there be discussion of six? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Probably not. But anyway, (laughs) we're going to Halloween it up. Enjoy. And uh, as always, thanks so much for uh, for for tuning in. We just really appreciate all the support that we've been getting, all the listeners that we've been accumulating. We see it growing weekly, and we are thrilled by it. And we appreciate so, you. Oh, we, we, we really do appreciate you. And please follow us on Instagram at sinful cuts. That's but but, gang, it's c i n dot f u l dash. Is it dash or it's underscore? It's underscore. Sorry, I keep saying dash. <laughs> C-I-N dot F-U-L underscore C-U-T-S. I can never spell cuts.
2: <laughs> C-U-T-S.
1: So Sinful Cuts yeah. on Instagram. Please follow us there because these this is where you're going to find out where Shannon and I are doing trivia nights yes. and what movies we're, we're uh, sponsoring at the local theaters and just fun stuff that we think you would really really enjoy so that's it for us gang we'll talk to you soon
2: take us out Shannon that's a cut woo woo
0: beware of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door all around the wall. a splotch a blotch be careful The ball.